everyone. Is everybody? Hello. Is everybody good? Good. Yep. Well, Rodney's right. We have uh, we have Andre back again with us. It's always nice when Andre's here. I haven't been here in forever. I know. We I think it's you. been like two weeks, right? It's been at least two weeks. We've done two episodes without you. It's felt very. It's felt different. I mean, like we've done been doing the podcast together, Ian and I, for a while, but it's nice to have you on uh, with us. So, well, it's nice to be here. Aww. Uh we're talking about uh, American Horror Story, Kevin. I think everybody will agree that is a wonderful season of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. You have the pulse of the fandom out there, Andre. Are there haters of Coven? That you know about? Is there a contingency? Not that I've seen, honestly. No? no? <laughs> Not that I've seen. I'm sure they're out there. I don't I can... see it either. I don't see a lot of hate for Coven. I don't see a lot of hate. Like, sometimes I'll see it at the bottom of people's list of favorite seasons. But I don't know if people flat out hate the season. Um, it's more often than not everyone's, like, number one season. It is so fun. I mean, there's just, it's so many reasons it's fun for me. I think the cast and the characters that they play, of all, they just, I remember them, I quote them, they kill me. I mean, this is the season of Misty Day. This is, okay, besides her eye rolling, twirling around in circles like Stevie Nicks. And I'll let me some Stevie Nicks, y'all. I do let me some Stevie Nicks. I just... Her fangirling in front of Stevie Nicks. Probably the only thing I can say about this season that I did not care for. But, you know, we we I love Jessica Lange in this season. I love oh, Fiona. Yes. Oh, my God, Fiona. I think I think Fiona Good is my favorite Jessica Lange character. See, I think she's neck and neck with me with Elsa Mars. I feel like they're kind of almost the same. They live in the same world, in a way. The mm-hmm. same mindset. I feel like they're both desperate in their own ways. Yeah. Both in search I think of immortality, she, yeah. I think Elsa Mars, as a character, I think Jessica Lange had a bit of more flexibility with how she could play it, whereas Fiona, it's very much just like ruthless bitch 24-7. Right, but with the vulnerability, though, I saw, I saw some... No, yeah, totally. Yeah, she's been alive too long. She's lost her, you know, nerve endings. But I feel like there's, there's um, some good in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Fiona. I mean, again, in her whole um, quest for youth, quest yes. for her own, you know. And, of course, that juxtaposed to Angela Bassett's character, uh, Madame Laveau. Mm. I mean, come on now. She is awesome. She is fantastic. Yeah, uh, this is this is Angela Bassett's entry season, right? I it think this is. is the first one she's in. She yeah, she, in I just, love me some Angela Bassett. She just comes, just breaks down that wall like a Kool Aid witch, just like hi. Um, and then, of course, I think sh- the, I think both of those women are made better. Those those actors are made even better by uh, the wonderful Kathy Bates uh, coming in mm-hmm. as our racist ass. Lies, lies. <laughs> That that back box is telling me lies. Uh, <laughs> just this old racist uh, voodoo queen of her uh, generation back in the old Civil War days. They dig her ass up. So um, Delphine, you know, you wouldn't have this season's joy without Delphine. So I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah, I she mean, was definitely a standout for me this that season. Bitch held the screen just playing her head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you young actors, if you can come onto a screen and hold the screen playing ahead, 
you call me. You know, you gotta that's that's what you gotta bring uh to be a legend in my book is just play a head. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Um, I think I loved all of the characters. Again, my MVP of the of the series is probably I love um I love me some um Frances Conroy's character. What was her what was oh. her name? What was her name? Myrtle, Myrtle Snow. Snow. Yeah. Myrtle also Snow. probably my favorite Frances oh Conroy. This is character. the best I've ever and I've seen her in like a bunch of stuff. I've seen her in Six Feet Under, I've seen her in a bunch bunch of stuff before even this. But her, th- this entire thing, her hats off to hair and makeup. I, y'all did all of the things. You made it all, her whole fashion literally to slavery. And then her final words at the stake of Balenciaga. Hell yes. MVP Ugh. is. It is just so good. It's so good. Myrtle is just, she's my spirit animal. I love, I love every single word that came out of her mouth. I kind of equated it to like watching Penny Dreadful where I'm like, I'm like, like soaking up every single word everyone's saying because it sounds like pure poetry and it sounds amazing. I feel the same way about Myrtle Snow. I feel like Myrtle Snow, for me, if you're going to make Penny Dreadful drawing some lines there, I want to say that she's my... Oh my God, what is his name? I love him so much. The Jewish Lyle? character. She's my Lyle. Yeah, totally. Just like I'm, when she walks on the screen, I'm like, oh, oh my God, what's she going to do? <laughs> yeah. She can just be sitting there. I'm like, oh, you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, loved everything about her. Least favorite... Um, in the series, um, is, what's that helpless name? I don't even like her. I can't remember her name. Madison. Yeah, that bitch. Don't yeah, care. Yeah, she can choke. I don't care about her. Don't. <laughs> don't even care about her. I don't She just bugs me. She's just like. <sighs> I liked her. She And here's the thing. You liked her. Yeah. I think she needs to pay rent to be on that screen. I, I, I liked, I liked how, I liked how like of an ass she was, but. Like how she ended up, I thought it was it was like you oh. think she redeemed herself. No, I I thought it was like oh you just she's like she's so confident that she's the supreme, and then she can't do this last uh, one of the seven wonders, and she just bitches out. And I'm like, that's lame. You didn't go down even trying. You just walked out. It's and like, you like that? No, I that's when I didn't. That's what I didn't like. Oh. But I liked. I mean, like when they're first walking down in the beginning, and they all have their. Uh, um, their, uh, the black on and mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Lang's character shows up and she's like, it's, it's so, are we almost there? My freaking vagina sweating. I was like, that was fucking hilarious. But see, then that's a shout out to the writer's room. Yeah. But I like the character, okay. but the way they ended her, I thought was lame. I'm not a big Emma Roberts fan. I'm just going to, I'm just going to confess it. I know I'm already in the doghouse for saying on the last episode, not a huge Gaga fan. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm just not a huge Emma Roberts fan. Just not, not feeling it. No. I feel like with Madison, for me, I've just felt like it was taken like one step too far. Like I've never watched American Horror Story to the point where I was shouting at the screen, Madison, shut up. Just yeah. shut up. I don't want to hear another word from you. And yeah. it was it's a shame because like at the very beginning, I was really like really excited where her character was gonna go. Like after the whole bus flipping situation and like bringing Kyle back with Zoe. Wait, Zoe, right? I'm not like mixing that up with Murder House. Right? I don't think you are. No, not at all. It is. Oh, Zoe. No, that's Violet. Yeah, Zoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who she is in this. Yes. And I was. It, it would. It could have been so great. And I. I, I agree with you. And I. 
well, at the end, I liked that she was just so unbelievably confident. And then as soon as it got difficult, she just completely bitched out and left. But I feel like that's completely on character for her. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. If I have you ever seen um, Scream Queens? Is it Scream Queens? Isn't that a Murphy thing as well? Yeah, it is. I haven't watched it. This is where if you want to if you want to see where her place is, where she exceeds at this L.A. Uh, ripoff, stereotypical bullshit character that makes my eye roll because I live here and that those people, there's 15 of them and fuck all you and I don't give a shit about you. You don't define our city. Um, if you want to see her do that better than she does it here, watch Scream Queens. That's But I feel, again, I feel like that's like literally the only kind of character she ever plays. Well, so I'm saying well. I think that's what her, I think that's what she's made for. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. If you want like karate movies, you know, Bruce Lee. You know, in that white guy, Chuck Norris, you know, you, you, you call those dudes. If you want like, oh my God, you guys, um, and, 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 you call her. And I don't really want to see that, you know, necessarily up in this. She didn't, she didn't bother me in the fact that she was a distraction, but when she was on screen, I felt like I was checking my phone. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, like she's, she's bearable in Freak Show. Like, I don't really care too much about her character. It didn't bother me. Freak Show. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. It's only Coven and Freak Show that she's in. And obviously she's apparently supposed to be back for Apocalypse, which I was just like not excited about. But I don't know. I feel like the whole time she was just on screen, I'm like, please just leave and stop talking. Yeah. I don't know what. I mean, you know, I'd like to. I just don't. mm -mm, No. I just again, I've seen so much of that in the past. I just I'm not here for it. I think we just I'm ready to see other faces and other things. Yeah, those couple um, of episodes where she was dead were the best episodes of Coven. I'll just say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm move, sorry. Like, yeah. I know I'm piling it on, but I really just don't yeah. like let's move on past Move on past yeah. So let's go to, like, Jamie Brewer. I loved her in this. I loved that they gave her screen time. Again, you, they, yeah. ki- they killed her again, but at least they gave her a kind of a notable um and also kind of funny death because i love how fiona and madame laveau were like <laughs> justifying <laughs> killing her she's an innocent well mostly she killed a neighbor lady but that bitch had it coming yeah i was like y'all are funny i loved how they used and i her. can't believe they were at the funeral and they were like like rest in peace nan who drowned in the bathtub like <laughs> 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 like <laughs> i mean like Listen, I mean, I again, I'm kind of mad that they sort of killed her, but yeah. I'm glad that she got more time on screen and she had her like own plot and everything. So, I mean, yeah, I also want to say who was just delightful from frame one to the very last frame was Gabourey. I love Gabourey. Mm-hmm. She is she is my heart. I love Queenie. I love this character. I love that she's in the series. Um, and everything about her was really fun. And, and I loved her scenes. Like Gabrielle held her, 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 the screen with Kathy Bates. I loved a lot of those yeah. scenes between the two of them. You know, they're running mm-hmm. to like, to get the, the jumping jack or whatever, the jump jack together. And yeah, they're having this kind geez. of conversation and she's trying to like, you know, understand this old racist immortal bitch, you know, it's really, a, it's, you know, I thought this is the most uh, odd series of scenes you'll see and this is so ryan murphy this is what we're gonna do if you told me before this season aired that there would be a scene between 
a black woman and a 300-year-old racist going through the drive-thru and eating fast food at 3 a.m. and having a conversation about race, I probably think you were like tripping out on something yeah exactly but then again the show seems to make it work and it's just completely mind-blowing yeah that's that's what the the beauty of this entire series um yeah and then queenie makes her watch like roots at the end of the season I know. Yeah. Just, I kept my eyes co- closed the entire time it doesn't take but like we kind of knew it was gonna oh happen. i wish i was <laughs> <in Atlantic. laughs> yeah oh my god it's almost like ryan murphy is ahead of his own time sometimes yeah um i was gonna say again i i I think i appreciated 98 percent of the cast and all of the storyline and where it went and i appreciated that well also sarah paulson as cordelia was really oh yeah yeah Yeah, because she was sort of playing two sides of that character like pre-blindness and you know post-blindness um yeah, and when she does get blinded, she's almost as ruthless as her mother. And, you know, that last scene between Fiona and Cordelia, it's just really, it's really poignant. Like, it's not necessarily heartbreaking because you kind of can't feel for Fiona because she's a terrible person. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's like you're watching a daughter and mother on screen and the mother's dying right in front of her and there seems to be, like, no emotion all the emotion is like completely extrapolated from that scene. Right. Which is really, it's really a weird place to be in with the viewer because you're not really sure whether or not you're supposed to be emotionally invested or you're supposed to be there waiting for Fiona to die. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, that's what the show does well is I kind of go back and forth about um, one character through an entire season, except for Madison, as you could, as you say, she could joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did, I did feel that way about her. At first, I thought that the Paulson character, because I've seen her be so strong in other seasons, you know, in Hotel, in, in, in everything else, she's been super strong. So I felt like this is one of her weaker characters, but then she had such a strong finish that could be argued that I might have that wrong. Well, yeah, totally. Well, like Cordelia at the very beginning is obviously supposed to be like a complete foil to her mother. Yeah. You know, like Cordelia is very silent and she's not very physical. She's more intellectual. She just wants to spend time in her greenhouse, you know, and she's, you know, just trying to teach these girls. And whereas Fiona is like, I can't believe you're wasting your powers and potential on this and jokes on her. She ends up becoming the new Supreme of the coven. Right. Um, which I thought again, perfectly poignant, you know, and especially when Fiona strives for immortality in the entire season, only to die, like, at the very end, a skeleton of her former self. And Cordelia is completely transformed from the fir- first episode to the last episode. Right. So. Yeah, I enjoyed, I also enjoyed uh, that it was set in New Orleans. Because I, you know, grew yeah. up going to there, like, really know that uh, area very, very well. So I appreciated yeah. that. I think this was the first time that the setting of the town that the the show was taking place really imbued the show with like the culture and the mythology, like especially with uh, Marie Laveau and the sort of the voodoo stuff. Right. Um, the, the, I'm again, like the mythology, obviously like witchcraft, like I'm here for it. Harry Potter fanboy. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm always excited to see how a show handles the the mythology of witchcraft and what liberties they take. And the show is, is really interesting in the way it does it. Um, Especially when when they start getting into stuff like Ouija boards and they have like perfectly plausible explanations for 
phenomena that we think is otherworldly would realize it's just perfectly simple, you know. But um, if you grow up, you know, in that part of the world and especially having gone to New Orleans, I mean, probably nearly 20 times coming up. You know, when they talk about Madeleine Laveau, I've done the midnight tours. I've done the, I've done, I had just uh-huh. friends walk me around Madeleine, La, Madeleine Laveau's uh, place. I mean, there's something about that city that just, you know, it's called the city of the dead for a reason. It's just bones upon bones upon bones. You know, they rake them over and build the city on top. There's something yeah. that I, I felt like it was built into the story and you could feel that. I don't know how uh, real pr- practitioners um, of these arts feel about the depiction of the show. They might have other thoughts hmm. about it. Um, I didn't think about that. But I, I don't know if it was, had criticism from that community, but I felt like there was something um, in it that felt authentic. But then what do I know? Yeah. I felt that it was incredibly researched. It definitely felt very real and nuanced, although I could right. be wrong. I could be wrong as well. I just I felt like that was in there. I just felt like we were in our time and place and the city had, it was a character, if you will. I know people say those kinds of things, but I felt like the, the city was very present in the story. So yeah, I appreciate totally. That. Well, I mean, I can go, we can go back to something I didn't touch on when we were talking about um, uh, Murder House is what I loved about Murder House, and I should have said this at this podcast, I just now remembered it, is that um, it makes L.A. like creepy as shit, like in broad daylight. And it's funny how <laughs> L.A. can feel that way. It's an old city. Yeah. It's a haunted city. Yeah. It's a, it's so many things take place here all the time. And mm-hmm. the way they made L.A. feel very creepy in like just the middle of like Echo Park. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, and you feel that way about how they handled New Orleans as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like I, I, they feel like they know how to to like, and that's probably what I loved about Roanoke. Is I felt, mm. I felt that kind of draw, and hey, it's probably up near your house. So I'm just saying. <laughs> and then with the with the whole you know, the whole jazz thing too. Yes. With the X Man. Yeah, and just time, like really, and then the fact that they were in the the Garden District, and I just appreciated all of the things yeah. that were going on with the locations and what they were doing with the culture. So mm, yeah, I think the Axman stuff was like probably some of the least interesting stuff for me that happened oh, yeah. in the show. Oh yeah, yeah, I feel like it. It felt like it was supposed to be like a one episode thing, and then it dragged on until the end of the season. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, if the actor wasn't sitting well or the whole. Oh, that dude's a legend, know. man! I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, no, I I, I love the actor. I don't. I just don't know if. Yeah, you're just saying you didn't. That feel performance was mm. sitting well with me. I mean, I love him in the other seasons, but right. Yeah. So. Who? Um, we see him all over the place. I'm trying to figure out. Oh, I'm trying to call his name to mind. He played um, the the evil man. Who came and he would get his um his tribute. Oh. Oh, oh um Was it Papa Igbu? Papa pa- Papa Legba. Papa Legba. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's probably at the very bottom of this list. He is like one of my he was only in there for like two episodes. He was. And uh, and that actor, of course, you know, we've seen him in like serious roles and whatever. But I loved him uh in that role. He was um that that was good casting. I was like, hell yeah, I'm uh, I'm into it. 
you know, yeah, sh- that was really cool. The, and this is one thing that I think Ryan Murphy does as well. Him and his team is they will put stuff, people in stuff that you don't normally see them in. Lance Riddick. Oh yes, oh, Lance yeah. Riddick. Wow. Love him so much. He the Wire. The yeah. Um, oh, The Wire. Hello. Fringe. Holler. That's weird. I'm looking at him without his Papa Legba makeup, and I it's so weird. Mm-hmm. I know that voice. I know his teeth. I could pick him out by his teeth. He has a very distinctive mouth to me. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's Lance. So, um, yeah, there's just, I love how they, they just, he will go, how about this guy? You know, John Carroll Lynch, you know, later on for Freak Show, will play Twisty the Clown. And I'm like, what a genius piece of casting, you know. They, mm-hmm. this, they do so many cool things like that. They do try some stuff. Now, sometimes it turns into a hot mess, you know, but... The fact that the show's just out there, just breaking some ground, is what I really appreciate about it. They're not just yeah, turning totally. in. They're not just sitting here turning in the same old shit every season. So you're gonna have some crashing and burning uh, here and there. You're gonna have some missteps here and there. And and again, the, those missteps are interpreted by from fan to fan to fan. Like you're saying that you don't really mind Emma's character. Like she kind of does her thing and like she fulfills her purpose in the script. And I'm like. From frame one, I'm like, I don't need to see you. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm also a little sad that the Misty Day had to die at the end. I, I mean, know. Although again, she's supposed to be back for Apocalypse, which is weird because a lot of these people are supposed to be dead. But then right. again, it's the Apocalypse, and anything can happen. But when I was, we were when I was rewatching the the season with my roommates, um, and Misty Day died i i forgot that the way she died was that she's like basically just turned into dust right and without missing a beat my roommate was like cordelia i don't feel so good (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh no more infinity war connections snap (laughs) um what i was just thinking is like poor misty day is perpetually stuck in this realm where she's having to dissect the frog and then bring it back to life i feel like that's a shitty way like i was obsessed like with the murder house dog i was like is misty day just like dissecting and raising that frog forever are they gonna do an homage to that in apocalypse are they gonna like break her out of that please so I don't I don't know. I mean, like for, I'm I'm assuming the way they're bringing everyone back is that just, everyone is literally just ghosts like. Well, that's... I have a theory. And again, we won't know it until we we see the series. But like, who's our dude who's playing like the long haired hottie who shows up? Cody Fern. OK, Cody Fern. What is his character's name? Do we know? Michael Langdon. Michael Langdon. OK, so Michael Langdon again. Langdon. Constant Langdon's, you know, fourth son. What yeah. I'm saying, yo. Right? That's got to be Constance's fourth son. It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, so that's Constance's fourth kid. There's Bo, and there's Tate, and then there's Nan, and then there's this guy. Yeah, we see him at the end of Murder House having just killed the babysitter when he was oh, like really? six. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he was okay, there, so yeah. so he's all grown up. because Here he is. All right, hello. Holler. Okay, so I feel like he's he's totally like the head of the coven. He's like the new witch guy. Oh, you think he's the Supreme mm-hmm. still? I think he became the Supreme from Murder House to Coven. Something happened there and he became like, because he doesn't feel like he's, like the cooperative in my mind, that's a Coven. The cooperative is a Coven of witches. 
and oh, that's they've been taking real wealthy people money all this time so they can do their business and they've sold a bill of goods to all these wealthy ass people but i feel like you know michael langdon yeah. is like immortal or some shit well, I feel like the more the more and more I watch Apocalypse, I'm just like convinced that the cooperative just doesn't exist or this Possibly. sanctuary that he's taking people to doesn't exist. But I mean, as far as the Coven characters coming back, even though like most of them are dead, uh, this week's episode is supposed to be like the Halloween episode. Mm. Um, and as we know, on Halloween, the spirits can roam from that's the right. places that they're, they're trapped. So maybe that's the reason why we see the witches again. Maybe. Um, I don't think I don't think they'll be a major part of the season. I think they will just show up for that what? one episode. I could be wrong. I didn't read that anywhere. That's just my impression. Yeah, well, that would be a bummer. Oh, that's not true. Anyway. So, I mean, yeah. Don't do yeah. that to us, James Wong. Don't you dare. <laughs> Um, again, he has, I want to mention James Wong. He has a huge hand in the, uh, the outcome of a lot of these episodes, such as, uh, Todd Kubrick, um, Crystal Liu, Joshua Green, John Gray, Tim Minear has a huge hand again, James Wong, Jennifer Salt, you see her name and a lot of stuff, but those, those people sort of sit around that table and go, you know, it'd be funny. So I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I, I'm kind of, even if it ends up being a train wreck I'm or whatever it's going to be, I'm going to watch Apocalypse. But just I just know that we all want to see Misty Day again. Yes. You know, and when they started playing that, like, Fleetwood Mac song, I'm like, yeah, please. I find the the music so far pretty hilarious. Um, again, I think you have for to a, be, For Apocalypse? For Apocalypse. I think you have to be, like, around my age and Ryan Murphy's age to sort of appreciate some of these jokes. It's kind of like when I grew up and my parents put me in front of, like, Looney Tunes. Here are some cartoons to watch. But the cartoons weren't for us at all. We were like, oh, Bunny's... Bugs Bunny is drawn in a funny way, but half of the material was flying over my head because they were written for, like, adults. So I feel like this show is like, <laughs> hey, for you guys who grew up in this certain era, these songs are hilarious. Like, the Carpenters, same song playing all over again. Some of these things became earwigs of their time, and we complained about them loudly, like, that fucking song again. So <laughs> I feel like there's kind of, like, some inside jokes about how these songs used to get played on the radio, and we would be like, stop please stop yeah well i did i didn't want to talk about the music because we didn't talk about that in murder house mostly because a lot of the music in murder house is interestingly enough um just scores from other horror movies yeah it was yeah it was you had said that and i ne- didn't even notice it until the second time around so. like what was well, the, the doctor whenever they, every time they had the doctor it was like um dracula yeah it was wasn't it the dracula theme yeah yeah, from yeah, totally. Yeah, from the the Gary Oldman movie with Keanu. Oh, from Coppola's Dracula. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I remember when I I watched Murder House and I immediately knew. Oh, that's the music from Insidious. They're they're using music from other horror movies and whatnot. Um, but so yeah, that, so like I wanted to talk about like the main title credits, um, which is like again another huge staple of the American Horror Story series yes. because. It's both musically and visually interesting, mm-hmm. even though a lot of the visuals we see, it's it's more sort of encapsulating the vibe of the season rather than sort of predicting or showing things that are going to happen in the season. Right. Um, but, I mean, like, there's a bunch of different people listed for composers, but 
mainly I see Matt Quayle, Charlie Clouser, Cesar Davila Irizarry. Um, I read this article. It was really interesting because I really wanted to know what were those weird sounds in the in the, yes, the main title music. The, yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, what what is that? Um, and apparently, this this guy I think it is um, Charlie Clouser, but I could be wrong. Um, so when he was in college, he was doing this sort of experimental thing where he was recording things and heavily processing them and slowing them down and speeding them up. And he had this, this what we now know as the American Horror Story main titles of music. Um, but he had written it without the context of it being scary. Um, which I'm sure when they adopted it for the series, they sort of embed- definitely embellished it with certain things to make it sound more scary. Mm. Um, but I was reading some things where a lot of the sounds is just him dropping a bunch of... Um, like wire hangers on a concrete recording that and then slowing that down wow. and taking that sound and making his own different sound. And that's, and I think that's completely amazing because there's no other sound like that in the world. Like that's his sound that he made. That's not, I think that's crazy. What is that yeah. main kind of gnawing sound? Is that a zipper or something? I think, I think that's the wire hangers. Is it really? Yeah, I think so. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but specifically for like Coven, like the the sort of different musical styles we mm-hmm. get, I think it's probably my favorite out of the seasons because every season, apart from Murdered House, and I think I don't know if Roanoke and Colt had their own sort of musical thing going on, but every they season did. sort of had. I can't remember exactly what they were, but I remember it being part of it. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, they they had their own. It's it's like these things that you hear over and over and over and over again that you know, oh, that's the stuff from Asylum, that's the stuff from Coven, you know. Um, which is great because, like, I'm glad that the composer is smart enough to know that he can't just do the thing he did last season because it's a completely different story. Right. So we, so we need to revamp it, come up with different ideas to match this new this new plot. Um, but, yeah, huge shout-out shout out to the people working on that. That's great. Um because you had like a House of the Rising Sun, you had Winter Song, um, Last Train Home, and it got a Vida, Spirit, Seize the Wind, Hades, 2020, I don't know what that is, Sugarland, Edge of Seventeen, Girls in Bossier City, Devil's Hand, Rhiannon, uh, Sarah, I loved that uh, version of Sarah, and then Got Bass, a mm-hmm. uh, whole lot of shaking going on, Heaven, Commercial Joint, Down I mean, just on and on, they, just the, the whole soundtrack is like this great journey it would be a great road trip down into the deep south if you were taking one so mm-hmm. yeah uh, the my favorite sort of instance of using popular music in episodes is definitely in this season i don't know what's what song it is but it's it's sort of the negro spiritual um that happens at the very end of the episode when cordelia's husband is like shooting up the the hair salon and kathy bates is ahead and she's crying oh yeah um, i don't know i don't know the listed? name of that song do we know the name of it okay hold on let me see if it's i have list. yeah i have no idea it could be is it everybody's got somebody but me um i don't know new orleans low down duke ellington leather and lace right place right time i don't know I'm not sure. Yeah, that but yeah, the way they used the uh the way they used it. Yes. I agree. Yes. 
I agree. I don't have anything pithy um, to offer on the music except for to say, yay. (laughs) (laughs) It's done really well. And again, you know, these scripts are very funny. They're very tuned in. I don't know. I just, I really, I really appreciate uh, what American Horror Story is doing. So is, so does Haggis. Yeah. Um, does he see, is there a ghost? Do you have a ghost? We just put up cameras. <laughs> and it's funny because we just, we were watching, you know, Coven and we've been watching American Horror Story to prepare for this podcast and for the upcoming season of Apocalypse. So we just put in cameras and I have to say there's something creepy about like being in the other room and like all the lights are off in the house and you look into a camera and it's like what would I do if I actually saw something there (laughs) (laughs) I would probably shit the bed (laughs) I would shit the bed (laughs) I had a bad dream early this morning that I saw someone coming in through our front door on the camera no so it was just really weird. Well, it's like the same thing when we when we see Haggis and we go out, we see Haggis and he's like sitting there just by himself, curled that's up a different near kind the front of, door. But it's like, what do you what, what do you expect? Like when you look at the camera, uh-huh. it's like you're not you're, you're you expect to not see something, and if you see it, you're just like, I don't know what to do now. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Well, we figured out that our dog, when we leave, we have all these wonderful places for him to perch. Like our whole house is like his wonderland. And he sleeps in front of the side door, our old battered side door. We even put a bed there because we felt bad for him. And he's just laying there in front of the door. It's very sad. It's yeah. making and so now I'm like, we got to get home. Like we'll be gone for like 20 minutes. I'm like, I gotta, okay, I got to go home <laughs> because last night we went out to to went over to our friend's house to have like snacks and and chill with them. And I think we were there for an hour and a half. They have young kids. They, they want to get their kids in bed at like 8.30 and just conk out and just like drink their wine. They just don't want to be fucked with. It's like, and so we were like, oh, it's time to go. And we looked and he was exactly where we saw him when we left the house at like 6. And this is almost 8. So for two hours, the dog laid in front of the side door. The most uncomfortable place in the house. He's got couches. (laughs) He's got perches. He's got a a couch in the nook. He's got the bed. He can go and he's got beds on the ground and he's in front. He's curled up in front of the door like, when are they coming back? And I was like, I'm never leaving the dog alone by himself ever again, ever. But if I saw a ghost, (laughs) what would I do? Shit myself. I mean, because you can't kill a ghost. I'm not thinking I'll grab a baseball bat and go for it. Just be like, let's just jump out the window. <laughs> Snatching up that dog and being like, we need to get a fucking. Yeah, my, my friends have joked a couple of times that I have like a spirit spirit attached to me, which is probably true. <laughs> because like last year when we were living at a, a different house during school, there were just a lot of unexplainable happenings. And we were just kind of like, okay, this is fine. You know, as long as he's not doing anything malevolent, we're, we're okay. Right. Does he, and do, does he do, is it a he? It, oh, we don't know. Um, no, it was just a lot of weird stuff. Like I'd be home alone and I'd hear someone breathing in the other room or like, I'd be like awake, like, the entire night because every time I fall asleep, every time I close my eyes, it felt like someone was watching me. 
that's never happened before. Mm. Or, like, we'll come home and, like, a light will be on that we definitely turned off before we left. Like, just weird stuff like that. And they've only started, like, joking to me about it because, like, I mentioned that my mom and my dad had also really weird experiences when they were, like, growing up with, like, spirits and whatnot. Um, I don't know how we got to this tangent, but... <laughs> no, it's very appropriate because we're talking about witches in a murder house with ghosts in it. Yeah, it's... it's I don't know. It's weird. I don't think it's followed us here. Like, for now, our apartment has been, like, completely ghost-proofed. I think we're good. Like, we've saged mm. and everything. Yeah. Um, no, not really. <laughs> but... Don't yeah. say it. Oh, you just invited that spirit to go, okay. Oh, you got to sage now. Halloween's coming up. <laughs> Here's the thing. See, then you can't do anything about it at all. Because um, they'll just walk right through your house. I, I had to say, growing up in the South, part of your kind of culture, your upbringing was you talked about ghosts a lot. And we would do these things like going to cemeteries at night. And like we'd do the midnight tour and all the tours of the cemeteries mm-hmm. in New Orleans and stuff like that. And, you know, when I, I got to a place where I don't know that I was necessarily a believer, but I, I had somebody, somebody said something to me like this. It's always stuck with me. And, and this is kind of now what I believe. And it's like, I don't believe that, I don't know if I believe in ghosts or not, but I'm not going to fuck with it. You know, I'm not yeah. going to like draw a line in the sand and go, I dare you. So I do tend to be very respectful of the spirit world because I feel like after all these millions and billions of people have passed through this planet and animals and other beings we may not even know about, I feel like I want to be respectful of it. So I feel like when I, you know, when, when the, I watch these shows, I kind of look at, and I have friends who are Wiccan practitioners um, several friends who are Wiccan practitioners to this day, and I do believe, um, you know, there's there's all kinds of, of witches that do a lot of work for good. It's a very misunderstood um, practice. So I feel like, you know, when I'm watching this show, I feel like the show was respectful, especially the Cordelia character about nature and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, when I got the cameras, I was aware of this kind of thing of like, what would I do when I come out and say hello? You know, I guess yeah. it depends on what the ghost does. If the ghost starts like being aggro and shit, bitch, I am going to go and get some stuff and I'm going to throw <laughs> your ass up out of here and throw you back through a portal. Wherever you need to go, you ain't, this ain't limbo, motherfucker. Yeah, so if you're I don't asking, know. I mean, but if I saw someone, I, I think my first instinct would be like, okay. What is your deal? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of melding. I'm trying to meld these two series together between Murder House and Coven. We're talking about ghost and witchcraft. I mean, do people believe in what would be your response? Like if I encountered Violet in my house and she was being chill, I'd be like, okay, you're stuck here. That's good. If I encountered Tate, you know, he best be on his best behavior because I will send him zinging into the, you know. Well, I think I guess our natural natural reaction as humans is just trying to find a reason for it. And a lot of the times we'll just come to the conclusion that our mind is playing tricks on us. It was a trick of the light or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to completely dismiss it because I don't know. There's not there's not proof that they that ghosts completely don't exist and there's you know this the other way around so i don't know i feel like if i saw something happening in my apartment apart from like really weird things like the door slamming shut or that's not weird that's actually terrifying um (laughs) but i don't know i just have a very active imagination and sometimes that's that's just 
the worst for me. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I know for a fact that Harley would just completely like move out. <laughs> like we're not stupid enough to fuck with Ouija boards, but we're also not gonna like, you know, run upstairs when we when a ghost is chasing us. So Right, right. But, yeah. Never run upstairs. It's like dragging you by the hair down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. I think then then we would leave. We would get our our security deposit back and move somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like just having had a lot of my friends would would say because we all lived in like older um, like apartments would be turned into like old antebellum homes would be turned into apartments in the south, and like you would just get some type of feeling about a place. And I remember like being introduced to the whole saging thing, and then I had a Native American friend go, "White people, please stop saging things. It's racist <laughs> and fuck you." Um, and then like my Wiccan friends are like, "Nah, there's a better way to do that. That yeah is within your culture." Blah blah blah. Um, and I would do. Those I think kinds I, of I things, think I yeah. believe in spirits. I'm not. I don't know about something just hanging out and haunting something. It feels like a human yeah. being would be like completely wasting their time. I feel like human beings, once they see beyond the pale, that's where they go, you know, but spirits that do linger and kind of hang about maybe the day or the day surrounding their passing. I feel like that happens. I feel like that is possible in some cases. No, you want to know what trips me out? Sleep paralysis. I never want to fuck with that, but I always seem to get it like all the time. Like even this more. Have you ever had it, Lisa? Where like something like just trying to is at you and you can't move. Yeah. So it's like, basically like the science behind it is basically when your mind wakes up before your body does. Uh So you can't move and you're, you're stuck and all you can do is just like, wait for it, wait for your body to wake up. Yeah. And I, I like watch this, this documentary on Netflix and it's still on it. It's called the nightmare. And it's talking to people that have like chronic sleep paralysis. Like it's every night and it's just ongoing and it never stops. And the, parallels between there obviously is a scientific explanation for it but when it comes to like people having this experience and then they're seeing the same thing like everyone sees some sort of shadow figure they feel like someone's sitting on top of them sometimes they're like they feel like someone's choking them like for me sometimes i will hear things like and this morning when i had sleep paralysis it'd be very something very small like it, it felt like someone was was had their finger against the small of my back and just would not stop pressing. Oh, wow. Like, it would be weird stuff like that. So that, to me, is just, like, it feels very, like, real to just dismiss it as sleep paralysis. And the fact that a lot of people have this thing and they see very similar things, it's just weird for me. Like, where do, where are we going when that happens? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Interesting. I think I'll I'll check out the same documentary to see what you're talking about. I mean, I know I've yeah. had those moments. I know I've had those moments. My dreams have been mostly because I've been exposed to like my friend was a, had a special effects place and he does a he had to I was producing a film inside his creature shop, so I was exposed to a lot of creatures and things like that. I think I'm more terrified of what real people can do, like somebody breaking in my house for realsy, probably the most terrifying thing probably ever. Mm, yeah. Right. But I think for me, I just have such crazy, my, I have, Monday, I have um, reoccurring dreams about getting stuck in an elevator and I've had them since 1978. 
chronically. I will have that dream. Um, sometimes I'll have two or three months off from it, and then like it was back. Plane crash dream, I have that one all the time. And then getting stuck inside of buildings and can't getting out. And I have a little bit of an experience with the, the sleep paralysis in that, where I'm like, just wake up, bitch. You can't get out of this house. The doors are all weird. You, they're all small, and you have to lay down and limbo through them. Just wake up, bitch. Or just like make the roof. Of the, like I try to lucid dream my way out of it. Uh -huh. And I'm about... 20 to 30 percent successful that i can lucid dream my way out of it and then i'll just have like straight up a nightmare like i had one that woke you up this morning early morning yeah where i was just like i saw something in the cameras coming through the door and it wasn't a boogeyman it was like a person coming into our house yeah and i was trying to get out of the bed to get to the baseball bat that was next to our bed mm, yeah and i think it took me a minute to get my body to like respond i think i got myself to actually flip over in bed which was a huge feat for me didn't i flip over in bed i think i think so I, yeah I remember. which was like big it strides. took a while to wake you up i i have a lot of reoccurring dreams about like tsunamis mm -hmm. and like being in the middle of one and apparently there's a whole like dream science reason for that it's basically like I think it's the same thing when you when you uh, like dream of like being stuck in a collapsing building. It's like your mind just trying to sort of manifest some kind of stress right. or tell you something. Right. And it's, it's I've heard of people say like your brain like has dreams and nightmares to like rehearse for what it would do in the actual world. Like that's terrifying. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> like yeah. I hope I'm not in the middle of a tsunami one day. I mean, I don't know. We Anything actually live in a tsunami path. I've oh, never great. even I've never even thought about it. Yeah, I mean down down the hill. I mean we would be, you know, we'd have water just outside our <laughs> we'd be okay. <laughs> our neighbors <laughs> might not be okay. We live at the top of a very steep hill, so but yeah, the oceans are right there, so we are in a tsunami kind of area. Hmm. That's great. interesting. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> well, I've always taken that the elevator dream to be it's, I mean, my fear is of getting stuck and I have agoraphobia, I mean, agoraphobia, I have um, claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. I don't like getting stuck in places. I don't like getting stuck in the same thing. I need change. Change is a constant for me. So I don't like being in a, in a situation where things don't move on. Things get stagnant. I get very stressed. Uh -huh. So I think probably what's, what that is with me is that what that is. I don't know. But tsunamis, that's interesting. I wonder if that's some sort of disruption in your, what is that, circadian rhythm, arcadian rhythm? What's it called? Circadian. Circadian, yeah. Like, is it something that you're not, I mean, it's, yeah, there's something to that specifically being around water, I would want to say. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Dreams are weird. Because, like, you're, like, landlocked. You're not close to anything that could turn into. In Morgantown, no, but in Virginia, I'm right next to the ocean. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. 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 And I also have like a, a terrifying fear of the ocean as well. So. Oh, do you? Oh, well, yeah. No. There's some I, pretty crazy fucking shit out there. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. There's a lot I, of great whites mm, in it too right now. So. Mm, yep. No, I'm completely terrified of the ocean. There's If I ever go to the beach, I don't go to the beach often. I just very much prefer like a pool. But if I do go to the beach, there's only but so far that I will go out into the water. And it's probably, like, up to my waist or something. I'm kind of with you on like, that one. I I just can't do it. I don't like that I can't see where I'm stepping. Mm -hmm. 
I don't like that there's this great big expanse in front of me that literally anything. And again, like my imagination completely runs wild and it's terrible. Well, there's some crazy shit out there too. Like you can actually see stuff. Like, and again, with the global warming and all that, I mean, we'll be sitting there like close to the water and you'll just, you'll see the sharks, you know, you're like, oh, fuck. You know, and then like a guy now next to the pier, you know, doing his swimming down at Santa Monica Pier, like gets nipped by a shark. You're like, no, thank you. Fuck that. There's like a Mm, real reason to be afraid, you know. Yeah, or like getting stuck in whirlpools, like, oh, Oh, sure. fuck yeah. When I used to go, I used to, I canoed for a long time, had a good time whitewater rafting and all that, and then like a dude on like the tour before us, on the on the group before us, uh, drowned from a whirlpool, and I'm like, I'm out. I just bounced. I paid all this money to be on it. I just bounced right completely <laughs> off of the, the, they're like, what are yeah, you doing? I'm same. like, oh, you guys are taking me, I'm right to my car, I'm out, yep. you know, I'm like, <laughs> no. And like somebody said, hey, we're going to go jump out of airplanes. I'm like, fuck that. I am not jumping out of a fucking airplane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of heights, but I will never probably ever skydive in my life. I mean, like, again, exactly. Exactly. I'm not super happy about heights, but I'm like jumping out of a plane. Fuck that. I'm not doing that. Mm -mm. No. No. Yeah. I don't like, I don't, listen, I do not like the fact that we've only explored or we know of like what, 20% of the ocean, not yeah. even. Yeah. I don't like that. There's some weird What's shit down out there, man. there? The Mariana <laughs> Trench, man. If you want to think about the Mariana Trench and it's making some strange noises, there's just all kinds of weird shit going on down there. Like, yeah, no. we haven't explored like Mm-mm. 80% of the ocean. You cannot tell me mermaids don't exist. I'm like, exactly. We do not know. And they may just be hateful, <laughs> be hateful bitches trying to kill no. us. Yeah. So, no and then just, and also growing up around lakes, I mean, we grew up around, you know, Mississippi River and all that, and you go to the lake on the weekends. I've seen way too many rednecks crap in the lake off their boat. One, two, uh, water moccasins, okay? Uh, I'm going to lead with the dookie, but the water moccasins is a close second. And then the fact that people are always throwing bodies and body, uh, bodies of water. People always are putting <laughs> dead bodies in bodies of water. Okay? I don't mm, want, yeah. and I can't see the bottom. And just then, then there's the catfish. It's a no-go. It's just there's like, catfish. I don't need it. I don't need it. You know, it, yeah. I will look at it from, I'll sit on the deck and sip a beer and look at it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get in it. No, so. totally. Yeah, I will, I will also not get into lakes. Yeah. yeah, I'm in I'm in Virginia, but there could be piranhas in there, definitely, there right? Could be, yeah, I don't know, or like a crocodile. We don't know. Dead body dookie <laughs> crocodile. Any of those? All of those are bad things. I don't want to encounter like casually. Like I could do. I could choose not to do that. I'm gonna. It's not part of my job description as a writer. I don't. Inc- <laughs> I don't encounter dookie or crocodiles or dead bodies or piranhas. So no, yes. thank you. And I won't even swim in like somebody's like danky ass murky pool. I'm like, I don't know. When was the oh, last no. time you were in this pool? No, you got to clean know. that. I'm going to find That's... a finger in this pool. I'm not getting in this pool. So yeah, no, if I ever owned a pool and I invited people over, I would definitely clean it first. I'm going to tell you, like... we, got, we, got, we went to somebody's fancy ass house one time and I guess they didn't clean their pool a lot and I got a staph infection from it. And I just have always silently judged those people. I'm like, mm. y'all nasty, wealthy yeah. people and your pool is nasty. I got a staff infection yeah. out of it. Mm. No, thanks. I think we've established some of our dislikes on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> How did s- we get here? <laughs> to summarize, <laughs> to summarize, <laughs> if there were ghosts, uh, I would investigate to see if they were friend or foe. Um, Ian would make a space out the back where the fence used to be. Um, and I'd be right behind him 
And then, you know, I also just want to say that I appreciated Coven. I liked it. Did I like it more than Murder House? I think I did. I think I definitely liked it more than Murder House. It felt more cohesive is why I think I liked it more. I think so too. Yeah. It was also where the, where the show let itself be like more goofy and more campy because murder house and asylum were, they had camp, but they were fairly serious most of the time. They really were. They really were. Yeah. Whereas Coven let itself loose a little bit and it was was for the better. Yeah. They were going to, they, it found its, it found its humor. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It found its balance, didn't it? So Mm -hmm. we have to, uh, we have to watch asylum, honey. We have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll finish that. Cool. All right, so we're get, we're going to be coming back when we in the American Horror Story catalog. We will obviously come, be coming back to you guys after we finish Apocalypse, and we'll be mm-hmm. doing that one. Um, and talking about how successful that crossover is or was. Um, I'm just sad that I'm not seeing Billy Eichner. No. <laughs> But if we're bringing back ghosts, maybe his, you know, dead ghost from Santa Monica will somehow pop up. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. All right, you guys take care of yourselves. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about social media. Let's talk about how you can find us. We have all kinds of places for you to reach out to us. If you want to be on the show and give your opinions about something and have a good time with us, we'd love to open that invitation to you. How can they reach out to us to do that? Tell us what they think or even ask to be on the show. How do they do that, Andre? Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys want to leave any thoughts, anything you want us to read on the air, any thoughts about what you want us to do next, um, you can email us at ashlandpockets at gmail.com. We have our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Ashland Podcast. And to listen to us, you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, our website, and tune in. Awesome. I'm so glad you remember all that stuff. You know, I set it all up. Oh, no, I I've had it. I have it here. I don't remember. You, you're like, <laughs> I'm like, we're I've... kind of everywhere. And then I don't know. <laughs> then, you know, and again, the people are like, how do I, I just, I don't know all those things. I'm like, just go to ashlandpodcast.com because yeah. the, the lips and files are right there and you can go straight to it. So don't worry about yeah. it. It's just right well, there. Well, thank you guys for the love on our Instagram, by the way. I know. We get a lot of love. I think it's because I understand that world so much better um, than I do, say, Twitter. Twitter kind it's... of. Scares it's me. a lot easier to get people to like it's a lot easier to talk to people on instagram than it is twitter funnily enough yeah i think for me it's like i don't i'm not gonna sit around and think of clever comments for twitter i mean it's just i mean i'm not sharp enough for it i want to say i'm like i'm <laughs> ig is like my lane so that's where i'll find mm-hmm. you guys but thank you for also uh keeping up our twitter page you've you, you gained us uh, four new followers, so we appreciate that, Andre. Oh, great, great, yeah. yeah. You'd like My you got people, you've gotten some Twitter love for us. So you guys take care of yourselves. Wear sunscreen. Um, you know, not the poisonous kind, or just wear a hat. It's a little melanoma out there. I gotta tell you. <laughs> can I can I plug something? Real oh quick, yeah, Lisa? plug um, away. So I have been completely obsessed with the the new Spider Man game that came out at the beginning of the month. You were saying, and if you were on the fence of on buying it, I'm here to push you over that fence and just tell you to shell out those $60 and get this game because it is it is definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. And I'm not a gamer. Like, I don't play a lot of video games. I enjoy some of them. But again, it's, it's stuff. It's like for nerdy reasons. Like, oh, it has really good plot and really good character development. Like, it'll be stuff like that. Yeah. Um, or I'll be like randomly playing GTA 5 because I just need something to numb my mind for a little bit. Um, but yeah, but when I, 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 
I love Spider-Man and I really wanted to play this game and we finally got it um this past week and I've been pretty much been playing it nonstop since Thursday night. Um and the the game is just like so long which is great because I'm 50% through the game and I've played it for a grand total of maybe 12 hours. Oh wow. So there's a lot to like unpack and go through the game. So yeah, guys, if you're on the fence about it, get it. If you haven't and you've already finished it, please don't tell me because I know something big happens at the end and I want to figure it out all by myself. Don't spoil um, Spider-Man on PS4 for Don't spoil video games. Longer. Yes, you can spoil video games. Um but yeah, I just wanted to plug that really quick because it's been like in my orbit for like the past three days. I'm curious and... about it because like basically all we play in this house is Skyrim and uh, we should Fallout. go get it. Yeah, we should. I mean, like he he was so crowing about it the other day, and you're like us. We don't we're not big gamer nerds. We we have to be invested in something and like be there for a yeah. reason. So yeah. I'm feeling like we should uh, we should try it out. I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah, sounds good. It's really great. Yeah, and please sponsor us. No, there's no way too big. They're like Fuck insomniac off. games. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Please. All right, uh, you guys, uh, take us on out of here. You two, take us on out of here. I'm just gonna sit back and let you guys just say goodbye for everybody. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>